to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Thursday, October 12th, an open week edition. Gives us a chance to take a deep breath with next week's game at Miami Looming. And also at TigerIllustrated.com, we have spent this week taking some deep dives into sort of the state of the team six games in. So go check all of it out. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to Discover Harris Harris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, to our conversation, and really one of my favorites in five years of doing this, Jad Dean, former kicker for the Tigers, Clemson fan since birth, and he talks about what he had to deal with in trying to overcome his last moment as a Clemson Tiger in 2006. Here we go. Enjoy. Okay, joined by Jad Dean. And Jad, I normally don't do a whole lot of homework for my interviews just because I like to sort of go in dumb and just ask a lot of, I guess, dumb questions. I feel very safe in saying that this is by far the most homework I've ever done for a podcast interview because I interviewed you yesterday, Wednesday for an hour and 20 minutes. (laughs) And the file I learned a few minutes after the interview concluded was corrupted. Oh, that's all right. Well, I appreciate it. I think what really happens, you listen to it and (laughs) He said, man, this guy sounds like an idiot. We've got to do it again. So I appreciate you looking out for me. Oh, my gosh. I, I I think I've done like, I think I started this podcast in August of 18. So that's five years. So that's roughly, that's once a week. So that's roughly uh, 500 okay. podcasts. Right. And that has <laughs> never happened to me. But now... I've learned so I'm the one that, so I'm the one that broke it. You did it. You did Perfect. it. I, and so now <laughs> I have the list. I have two recorders in front of me, both recording this conversation. So I have a backup. Right. And if All right. 
if this fails, the message is not to do a third time. The message is just to give up podcasting altogether. Yeah, and I would never record my voice again then. <laughs> it would obviously be me. It w- so the, I, I don't know if you um, – I know you have listened to the podcast before, but previously the biggest mistake I had made was during an interview – with a police officer, Clemson uh, City police officer, Officer Gooch, and I'm friends with the guy. I've been friends with the guy and his family for years, but I've just always called him Gooch by his last name, just like everybody calls him. And even his wife, we call her Lady Gooch. For some reason, I always thought his name was John. Oh. It wasn't wasn't John. It wasn't John. He's literally, this one's in person. It's not over the phone. He's literally sitting in my basement, and he's two feet away, and I introduce. I say, all right, welcome to the podcast, my good friend, John Gooch. (laughs) And he just looks at me with this dumbfounded expression, and he goes, (laughs) "Uh, actually, it's Richard. And so... That's probably, I mean, I can take 100% of the blame for that. I guess with this one, I can sort of make some excuses and say, you know, technical. I can blame it on my recorder, but I really can't because I should have had a backup. <laughs> well, it's all right. You, you got my first name right, so we're on, a good, we're, on, we're on the way to a good start. So one of the cool things about yesterday's conversation that we can now perhaps repeat is... Uh, your ability now to talk about um, and just be open about a lot of the things th- th- that tormented you for quite a while, and we'll just get it out in the open right off the bat, is the missed kick against South Carolina in 2006. Um, and what really sort of I took from that conversation was a, a crucial element in the whole thing was you've been a Clemson fan since you were, what, three years old? Yeah, I mean, since birth. Since um, birth, yeah. Maybe before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my whole family. Granddad went to Clemson, was Clemson A&M. Actually, my class ring is um, is when he passed away. Uh, I got that and kind of had it restored. Um, so that's my class ring. It's actually his class ring. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been in my blood. So, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit yesterday. Um, we can get more into it, but it was kind of double, it kind of hit me double, um, you know, as a fan, but as a, as a player. And it was something, you know, a lot of people, they just see the, you know, the work that goes in on Saturday. It doesn't look like the kickers do a whole lot, but they don't, you know, what people don't see is the summer and the spring and all the hours um, every day, whether it be weightlifting, um, the conditioning, the kicking that we, that we put in, um, to get to that point, you know, I'd worked my, my whole life since middle school. Again, when I started playing football, uh, it was my goal. I was like, all right, I want to play Clemson and play in the NFL. Um, uh, so to kind of see it, to kind of see it end like that. Um, you know, it did take me a while to really be able to discuss it with, um, and kind of look back, not through the lens of, of hurt and failure, um, be a little more objective about it and kind of see my career as a as a whole and not let that define it. But it took a while. When did you do you remember the year? Well, I guess you have it on your ring. When did your 
grandfather graduate? Uh, I, forget, I think it was, um, fifties, uh, uh-huh. I would say forties. Um, yeah. that'd have to go pull it out of the safe and find, I don't, I don't wear it regularly. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was Clemson A&M. Obviously pre, uh, pre co-ed, um, yeah, uh, pre-integration my, my, of course. Like my grandma, um, went to Converse college. So it was, you know, all, all male, uh, Clemson and all female there at Converse. So they, they, I'm not sure if they met before, uh, or what, but yeah, both of them. So he, yeah, he was at all male school. So he still tells stories about that. Sounded like a lot different experience than what, um, what I had. Yeah. What's your <laughs> earliest memory of Clemson football? Some of the earliest ones, you know, because when I was a kid, we weren't really interested in the football game. It was kind of more the pageantry of it, going and tailgating. Um, I remember just um, it was the the West Ends on the hill. We had, you know, there was a little grass hill over there. Um, and just being after the games, I would think I'd be just as – I was way more tired as a kid than I was after a um, football game when I actually played. Because, you know, we'd spend the whole time – You'd get your little cardboard box and he's going <laughs> up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, you know, thinking about it now is crazy. I guess my parents were sitting in the seats, wherever that may be. Um, they just let us go over there and play, and we would play the whole game. Um, so and that's kind of my memories is, you know, I'd take a friend, and whether it be throwing a football and kind of replicating the what's going on in the game, um, you know, in our jerseys and helmets and then sliding down the hill. That's kind of not really the football as much as it is just being there. Do you remember when you started really paying attention to the football, when that sort of grabbed you? Uh, really when I started playing football um, and kind of would look and see what's in. So it was, that was middle school. Um, and then when I started kicking is when I really started paying attention. Uh, I think one of the, well, I don't want to say one of my first memories, but um, one that stands out the most was Aaron Hunt's kick in 99 to beat uh, South Carolina. So I was a freshman in high school, and I was you know, starting varsity as a kicker, so I was really getting into it, and Clemson was my goal. So, I mean, he was he was living my dream life. Um, and then he kind of he had, had up and down freshman year, but that catch and then the, the kick, I, I'll never forget that. Where were you? We were actually in my granddad's box, which was on the, um, the Clemson home side, about the thirty-yard line. So we were we were able to be spoiled, you know, watching it was cold as could be, but we were we were kind of we were pretty warm in there. The the thirty closest to the east end zone where the kick yeah. was. Yep, yeah, closest to it. So we you know, we, were, we had a perfect view um, for Rod Gardner's catch, and then um, the kick, and then the think. I think it was, uh, heck, I don't even know if Aaron jumped into Jeff Scott's arms or Jeff Scott jumped into Aaron's arms. Aaron was bigger than him then, so probably Jeff jumped into his arms. That's um, a, yeah, that's a great view for that catch, but a hard, but probably a worse view for a field goal because <laughs> you're like yeah. almost even with it, right? You, don't, you yeah, can't tell? You, you, you had to kind of look at the hill to, <laughs> see, how, to see what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and so once once they I think it was a pretty short kick anyways, but once they started jumping up and down, we knew for sure it was in. So we, we started celebrating then too. So how do you decide to become a kicker in middle school? What what steered you in that direction? 
Um, it was. I don't know if it was more. I always thought I was a pretty good athlete, but I made the team as a wide receiver. Um, had no interest in kicking, but you know I played soccer my whole life. So we, I think it's week one after they already made the cuts uh, at Northside Middle School, and he asked if anybody could kick and punt. And I had only you know, I was just wearing soccer cleats, so I said, "Oh, well, I've done it before, or I've kicked before, uh, soccer ball." So I, he, I, he had me kick a couple and punt a couple, um, and then he said, "All right, well, we're done with, with this part." And he kind of came over to me and he said, "Son, he said, I think you think you might be more valuable to the team as if you just focused on kicking and punting." So I don't know if that was a testament to my kicking ability or lack of wide receiver ability, um, <laughs> but it was it was history from there. And really just kind of fell in love with it, you know, the process. Um, you know, I remember just as a kid, we were after uh, practices, even there in middle school, my mom and dad, they'd come and, you know, it was just an old, old grass field. Don't even think it had uprights. And so we'd have to put something um, there, whether it be a soccer goal. Um, and once it kind of got late in the fall, you know, it starts getting dark pretty early. They'd, mom and dad would bring their car and shine their lights on the field. And so I wouldn't, you know, I'd want a perfectionist by nature. So I wouldn't leave till I say it was, I made 10 in a row. Um, and it was so dark. Finally, by the end of it, whether I made it or missed it, they're telling me that I made it just so they could go home. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was kind of, it was, you know, if anybody that kicks, they, they know that, um, you know, getting your, your parents and sisters out there shagging balls. That's usually how it starts. Do you remember when you took it to maybe a, a higher level as far as getting instruction, like specialized instruction? Because I'm assuming that middle school coaches don't know a whole lot about kicking. You know, middle school coaches, high school coaches, and college coaches. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody really does. And there, there wasn't honestly. You know, then there wasn't a whole lot of um, this before. This was when dial-up internet. So you know, you had to go in there and you hear the dial tone and. Um, all that. So it's not like there was websites for kicking camps. Um, and there was a few of them that, that had it, but nothing like it is now where you've got all, I mean, all kind of stuff, all kind of, um, specialized coaches for it. You can send them film right there. You can get a virtual kicking lesson. There was none of that. So really in the summer, uh, uh, there's a few camps with the Ray guy camps, um, the Carol white camps were kind of some of the first ones that, um, you know, they had that. So really in the summer is the only time. And really the goal of that when you leave is they try to teach you how to coach yourself. Cause once you get back home, uh, you're not going to have somebody there that really knows a whole lot, um, of what to look for. So you kind of learn some drills, just learn to do some stuff, but you kind of see where you're at, uh, against people your own age, maybe a few years older and kind of see how, how you compare. What's the longest kick you made in high school? The longest kick I'm in a game, um, I think it was right at 50 yards my junior year. We were uh, – I kicked a ton of extra points in high school. We were really good. I think we won the state championship three times. Wow. Uh, so we, you know, we were really good. Didn't kick, actually didn't kick a whole lot of field goals. I think the most attempts that – in my senior year, I was five of six. Um, junior year, I probably kicked 80, 90 extra points and um, – maybe four or five field goals. Um, so, you know, didn't get a whole lot of, whole lot of field goals. It's a lot of extra points. So how does, when you're, when you're not really kicking field goals a whole lot, how do you go about getting recognized and getting profile 
uh, in the recruitment process? Yeah, that was, well, I was lucky the class before me, um, and all, all, a lot of the longtime recruiting junkies would recognize the name, Ricardo Hurley. Oh, yeah. Who signed with um, South Carolina. You know, he was a top 15 player nationally. Um, we had Devon Hill, who's a four star receiver, and then Sam Williams. So there was, a, I mean, this is before they had, had you know, 500 four stars. Um, and so we had two four stars and a five star in the class ahead of me. So, you know, there was a ton of, ton of colleges there, um, uh, each week just scouting them. And, you know, it was helpful. I mean, I didn't get a whole lot of field goals, but, uh, kickoffs were really my strong suit. Um, and so that was kind of able to get me on the radar and get me, you know, started getting started the recruiting process and really how, how they did it then is, is pretty similar to now. They wanted you to come to the camp, kick in person, um, and so I got some invites and really Clemson was, they had just signed Cole Chase in the year before. And the plan was for him to do, uh, for him to do all three so they could save, save a scholarship. So I, the three that I knew were going to sign a kicker were LSU, Florida state and Georgia. Um, so I definitely went to those, but Clemson, just cause I was a fan, I was like, well, let me go, I'll go to that camp and see if I could, uh, you know, possibly change their mind. Uh, so Clemson was actually the last camp and Florida State, Georgia, and LSU had offered me before um, after their camps. So going to Clemson, not really knowing what to expect, but you know, probably had the best week of kicking out of all of them. Um, and I remember Coach Hines and Coach Bowden, they kind of told me that, you know, that I impressed them that it was a, um, but the scholarship numbers were looking like they were going to try to hold just one guy to do all three. Um, and said, so we, you know, we'll let you know. We want to see how he does in fall camp. And I think it got back to him a couple weeks later. I guess I was about to commit to Georgia. And um, Coach Bowden got in touch with Coach Dula. They let him, this was before they could, before the contact period. Um, said, asked for me to give him a call. And it was, I finally called him at 9, 10 o'clock at night. Um, had a conversation with my parents and me, let me know he was offering a scholarship. And, you know, without even really consulting with my parents, I, Kind of went and I was like, Coach, I don't know what's the price. Do I say I commit? Uh, what do I do? I want to. I want to be a Clemson Tiger. You know, it was before the I'm all in, so I wasn't sure what to do, but kind of committed right there on the spot. All three sounds kind of one person doing all three sounds kind of audacious. Is that uh, you know, especially now um, it is, but but then it was. I guess it was more common then. Um, in the early 2000s, because you know it could save a, it could save you a scholarship. And there, there were, I mean, I don't want to say. I guess about, I'd have to look at the numbers, but I would imagine it would be in the 15 to 25 percent of teams had somebody that did all three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that at least the one that was kind of the the stud when I was there was um, Duval from Auburn was mm-hmm. great at everything. Um, but it eventually takes its toll on me. It's tough to to do all three things at a high level like that. I mean, I've heard that Aiden Swanson, the punter, is a pretty good kicker, but he doesn't want to. He prefers yeah. not to, which I, initially that kind of shocks me. Like, wait a minute, he doesn't want to? <laughs> you know? yeah. But it, it does <laughs> seem like things are more – things just evolve to be more specialized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, it really, people think, oh, if you can kick, you can punt. It's it's two different motions. 
um, you know, it almost, I don't want to say it's different mentalities, but you do have to, it is kind of a different um, mindset for kicking and for punting. And for me, punting was always boring. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, I hated practicing it. Um, you know, I like scoring the points. I like the pressure. Not There's not pressure as a punter if you're backed up in your end zone. Um, but I, I just, I, I hated punting and I loved kicking. It, 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 if you're going on your, you said visits to FSU, Georgia, LSU. Is this when, obviously, Bowden was at FSU. Was Saban at LSU at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, my, um, heck, one of my best memories as far as recruiting um, was there at LSU. And so they had, you know, told us they were going to offer one of the guys from the camp. So I had to fly into Baton Rouge and the, my holder, and he was the backup. So that was the camp that he went to. Uh, for kind of his instruction, he went with me, um, and we flew in and really kind of just got to the building. Coach Saban was there to to watch the, watch the kicker, so I had about five minutes to kind of get loosened up from the from the plane ride and everything um, there in the indoor facility. So I got got loosened up and kicked really well, uh, and he kind of just walked out. And then Coach Haywood, who was a special teams coach, um, came up to me and he said, "Hey," he said. Coach Saban wants to watch you kick in the stadium. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> uh, so he took his golf cart over to um, their stadium. I don't want to call it Death Valley. I know that's almost <laughs> sacrilegious. Uh, <laughs> over to Tiger Stadium and kind of pulled out the uh, – where we walked in, kind of through the tunnels. No lines on the field. Nobody in the stadium. It was, I mean, extremely intimidating. Um, just a bag of footballs, uh, Coach Haywood, and then – Coach Saban pulls up on his golf cart, kind of comes through, pulls up on his golf cart right about the 50-yard line and just kind of starts pointing at some spots. And so Coach Haywood would hold it um, and I would kick it. So I really didn't know how far it was. Uh, I knew he was on the 50, so he, but he was kind of pointing at different spots. And it was probably, uh, in my head, it seems like 100 kicks, but it was probably um, about 10 kicks. And then um, – he wanted to see some kickoffs and he said, let's just put, just put it right here. And, and I, I think I was probably kicking off from the, from the opposing 20, cause, but it looked like it was about two miles the other way with no lines. Um, so really I had no clue how, how far it was going, but coach Haywood had the stopwatch and was kind of charting and then probably kicked off about five times. And uh, he's, he pulled off. He's, didn't say a word, just kind of pulled off in the golf cart. And so in my head, I'm crushed. I'm thinking, oh, I guess I just bombed this one. Um, but then Coach Haywood came up to me and he said, he's all right, Coach Saban wants to see you in his office. He said, put your shoes on and, and go up there. And so I went up there and um, he offered me a scholarship there. And he said, you know, he really kind of gave me a time frame. He said, you know, we'll give you, we've got a guy who, what was the name of that school from Curtis? Uh, was it J.C. Curtis, who LSU is kind of a pipeline for LSU. Okay. Um, and he said, we've got a guy that, you know, if you don't take it, we'll give you a week or so to kind of get home and talk to your parents. If you don't take it, um, then we're going to offer him. And they ended up offering him. He punted for him, I think, on the national championship team. Um, Chris Jackson was his name. In 03. So, um, yep. So he was uh, – I don't know if he ever. I don't know if he ever ended up kicking field goals, but he kicked off and punted for him. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was intimidating. You're not knowing he's not given any 
reaction, good or bad. He's just kind of <laughs> just sitting there, <laughs> a blank stare in his golf cart. And, you know, he has that same hat that he wears at Alabama now. Um, he's just sitting there, not saying a word, just pointing to a different spot. Then he asked for some kickoffs, and I think after I hit one of them, or obviously the last one, he just drove off. And I was like, well, I guess I just wasted a trip here to uh, go to Baton Rouge. So, And obviously – at that time, in I guess 2002, he didn't have the aura, near the aura that he has now, but I'm guessing it still felt like an aura, just the way, just yeah, his presence. It, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, you know, the the outside. You know, he hadn't won a national championship at that point, but just his, his demeanor was still um, all business, extremely intimidating. Um, didn't didn't say a whole lot, I and mean, really, even, you know, that was the first offer I had. And he's like, you know, we'll give you a week to, to take it or not. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. what do I do here? Uh, so, but yeah, not that he was. It, it wasn't rude. He was just. It was business. Um, but yeah, he just had, he had that no nonsense personality. And so at this point, Florida State is still a kingpin. And so, what's mm-hmm. the Bobby Bowden all that? What's the visit like to Tallahassee? So, you know, and for me, kind of growing up, because Florida State was like, was how Clemson and Alabama um, were during the, you know, the first mm-hmm. six years of the college football playoffs, um, <clears throat> where, you know, it was every year they were top five in the national championship um, picture. So for me, growing up, Florida State was the, um, was was the it offer? And I remember after my sophomore year of high school, when we played Florida State down there, and that was the Chris Winkie to Snoop Menace yep. fake handoff or fake handoff in the end zone that goes for ninety nine yards. We were in the Clemson section there, kind of right there by it. Um, my dad, we played Orangeburg Wilkerson that night and and drove really just to see Florida State because Florida State was like that was that was it. Um, so for me, it was. I really wanted to go to that camp just to see. All right, if I if I know I'd made it and was good enough if Florida State offers, um, <clears throat> and so they'd actually had another uh, another kicker committed, and so I wasn't he committed about a week before the camp, but I'd already registered. Went down there. Long story short, kicked really well and um, spoke with Coach Bowden. But by that point, he was kind of um, not as really involved. He led the assistants really kind of handle everything he was really just the figurehead mm-hmm. um but spoke to me after they had after they had offered me and said look you know we've got this guy committed um and exact words were you know we thought he would we offered him early probably offered him a little bit too early but we're going to honor the commitment um you know we think that you can come in here especially with kickoffs and um field goals we don't think you we're, we're willing to take two um and so that was kind of the I won't say the pinnacle of my recruitment, but it was like, all right, that'd, that'd be like Alabama offering somebody now where it's like, all right, you know, you made it. Yeah. Um, I remember calling dad after that and it was, um, he's not really emotional. I don't think he cried, but uh, he even kind of hit him a little Because Same for me. We, we'd always grown up. It's like, all right, Florida state, if, if I can get this offer, then, I, then I've done something. So. Wow. that That's pretty amazing. Just to, put yourself back in you have to put yourself back in that time because Florida State the last mm-hmm. for the better part of the last two decades has sort of scuffled around well with the exception of course of the 
uh, three or four years of, of brilliance from, I guess, 12 to 14. Yeah, they're in the Jameis Winston era. Yep. But uh, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty wild. What about the trip to Georgia? Mark Richt was just getting started. Uh, his first year was '01. Um, was this the summer of '22 when you went there? It would have. So yeah, I, you know, my senior year of football was uh, 2002. Since uh, he graduated in what, May of '03, so yeah, it would have been the summer of um, 2002. And um, so, did I say '22? Yeah. Sorry, O2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's all right. That's all right. It makes me feel a little younger, so I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was – I think they had, had one kind of a promising first season, but it felt like things were headed upward for them. So what yeah. was that visit like? And, you know, and they were and they were recruiting lights out as well yep. um, <clears throat> with it. And so, you know, LSU and Florida State were more kind of, uh, at least in my mind um, – I don't want to say token offers. Those were just kind of in my head, maybe validation offers that all right, you're you're good enough. But Georgia was actually one that I could have seen myself uh, had I not been a Clemson fan. Um, it would it would have it really would have been a no brainer. Um, at least at that time, just kind of where the where the programs were, even how Georgia you know recruited me. Um, they did a great job. You know, Coach Fabris and Coach Rick. I mean, they. They, they each could make one phone call a week, and so they scheduled it. And um, yeah, they realized I was real close to my parents. So I think, you know, Coach Rick, when he would call, he would talk to my mom for the first 45 minutes and then um, talk to my dad for a few minutes. And then he talked to me for about 10 minutes. But, you know, he'd spend an hour every week, uh, every week calling mm. and talking. So, yeah, and, they, and it was, I remember, you know, Clemson's 2003 or uh, 2002 season. Um, it went. It was a struggle, especially with the way it ended with the bowl loss to um, Texas, Texas Tech, the uh, Tangerine Bowl, and got smoked by nice. Texas Tech. And yeah, we lost. I mean, a good bit of um, our commitments. Whereas Georgia, I think we you know they were they were rolling. I think they played. Um, I don't know if they won the SEC that year. They played in the SEC championship. They game. won the SEC. Yeah. Yep. All right. So yeah, and they were rolling. They were finished with a top three or four recruiting class. Um, you know, it would have been easy, but you know, for two things, it was, and my dad always taught me, you're only as good as your word. And I'd already committed to Clemson. Um, one, and then two, it's kind of hit me. It's like, all right, if you take football out of the equation, which school would you want to be at? Um, and that was really kind of the, the final deciding factor. So I couldn't see myself anywhere, um, besides Clemson. If you take football out of the equation. I had so. I had David Pollock, <clears throat> excuse me, on a few weeks ago, and he had some Fabris stories. Uh, I, uh, right. uh, and I even had some Fabris stories because I covered Georgia <laughs> yeah. at that time for the Augusta Chronicle. I remember, gosh, he was such a strange dude when he glared at you. Oh gosh! He, uh, it, yeah. I, I was standing there outside their locker room waiting for to do interviews, <laughs> and I was I, I was interviewing him. I was waiting to interview him, waiting for him to come out of the locker room. And I was just standing in the middle of this four-year area, and he walks up to me, and he's like, he's looking at me like something is really wrong with me. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, coach, how you doing? Uh, Larry Williams, Augusta Chronicle, I just had a, you got a few minutes. And he doesn't say anything, and he's staring through my soul. 
<laughs> and then he's looking down. Like he's looking, I'm like, am I, are my shoes untied? Yeah. Like, what, what am I doing wrong here? And he goes, the G. I said, the G? Oh, you were standing he goes, on it. He goes, you're standing on the G. Oh. And I looked down, I'm like, oh, oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> he, wanted to, he wanted to beat me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that look that you He was, <laughs> I remember at that camp, he was, yeah, and it's, uh, and once you got to know him, he was, you know, it was fine. But yeah, at first he was kind of almost a little standoffish and aloof. Um, but intense is a great word for him. Um, so I remember that he was the one that was, you know, evaluating all the kickers. I think they had, had that somebody they told everybody, all right, if you come do well, uh, we're off because it was going into Billy Bennett's senior year. So I think there were 250 um, senior kickers from across the country there. Um, and it kind of each day kind of narrowed down and, um, you know, bring a few more. But yeah, I, him, because he talked a little more, especially when he was we're kind of working you out. It was probably, he, he was probably more intimidating than Coach Saban. Um, because he would let you know what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, and it, I still give my mom a hard time about this. And so it was, um, it was after, so the Georgia, it was right at the end of the camp. And, um, you know, they said, uh, Coach Fabris wants to talk to you before you leave. So I kind of getting checked out and, uh, my mom came to pick me up. And so she was there with me and I'm like, all right, Coach Fabris wants to talk to me. I'm about to, you know, as excited as can be thinking, all right, Georgia's they're about to offer. Um, so my mom, she's there and Coach Fabris comes walking up and kind of like you said, he's got that intense look on his face. Um, and he walks up and he kind of introduces himself and to my mom and he said, he said, are you doing okay? And <laughs> mom, mom kind of looked at him and she kind of had a, like a dumbfounded look on her face and she said, pardon? And he said, are you doing okay? And then she even had like a, I put say a stank look on her face and, and she said, um, no. And he said, well, at least you're honest. And so I'm, I'm right there. I'm ready to strangle mom. Like you just ruined the opportunity for me to get, to get an offer. He kind of, you know, he's like, all right, we'll, we'll be in touch. Um, you know, with you and kind of, kind of walked away. And so I was like, mom, what are you doing? He asked you, are you doing okay? And she's, she said, Oh, I thought he asked me, he said, do you know Kay? And I was like, who is Kay? <laughs> so I was, so the ride from Athens to Greenwood, I was furious. That's fantastic. Uh, and so then they, Coach Rick called, you know, a couple, about a week later and, and offered. So it ended up working out all right. But, um, oh gosh, I was furious <laughs> with mom and still give her a hard time. So <laughs> when, was Stock, Stock still was your recruiter? Uh, so Coach Lovett was. Love it. Yeah, you know they, they had areas then, and Coach Lovett was um, so he him and uh, Coach Hines just being that he was over the the kickers, but Coach Lovett was my primary recruiter. <laughs> Another strange bird. <laughs> yeah, you can get some stories there. I uh, my first, I think this is my first year covering Clemson for the Post and Courier. We had a. Every summer back then, it was the head coach's media golf outing, and it was out at the reserve on Kiwi, <laughs> and uh, and you know they paired each 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 group each foursome had a co an assistant coach or 
Um, and so our group had John Lovett <clears throat> and I'm young, you know, I'm just trying to feel my way through, you know, I don't really know how to handle myself, you know, just trying to develop a relationship maybe with this guy. And I think he was already kind of just an average golfer, but yeah. from the first fairway or first tee on, like, he had a the worst case of the shanks I've ever seen the entire round. <laughs> and it was MF this and GD that, and he was miserable for four and a half freaking hours. And oh, my, I mean, I mean, after like the third hole, you just don't know really what to say. And so then it's just like nobody really talking to him. <laughs> yeah, because he, he he was um, not in a, in a I don't want to say in a bad way, nothing, nothing but he he wasn't necessarily a fit. I think he came yeah. from. Um, you know, in the New Jersey area. So he really just wasn't a cultural fit for um, for Clemson and, and the rest of the coaches on that staff. He was um, more of a Northeast guy. So I, I can see exactly. Um, I imagine if his golf game was struggling, how that would how that would go. All right. So when you choose Clemson, do you have a grasp or an awareness of? All right, this is what I'm getting myself into as far as the pressures that come when you go, when you go to the school that you have so much allegiance to, like just the the baggage, the pressure that comes comes with that. I guess that you sort of put on yourself. Did you have a feel for that going in at all? No, um, you know, because it was, kicking was kicking, you know, to me, and so. You know, I, I didn't, you know, didn't kind of factor it in like, all right, well, a loss is going to hit me, hit me two times as a player because, you know, the team that I play for just lost and, but also as a, um, as a fan. So it kind of doubly, um, doubly hit me. Um, and no, like, I, it didn't, and really, you know, it didn't, other than kind of, I was always just kind of on the message boards and, uh, just kind of, heck, same way I do now. Um, Back then, it was, you know, Tiger Rosso wasn't quite as big. It's kind of a habit. I've done it since, you know, they, I think they started. So that was kind of what I, what I did, and I, and I stayed on it in college as well. Um, and it, it didn't really hit me, and, you know, kind of looking back until really the um, soccer on kick. It was, <clears throat> I know we kind of talked a little bit about it yesterday, um, but it was, you know, of all the kicks that uh, I had at Clemson, and, you know, you'd get nervous but you'd be nervous on the sidelines, um, mm-hmm. kind of leading up to it. Once it was fourth down and, um, you know, you heard him say field goal, once you kind of started going on the field, muscle memory took over. Um, you know, really wasn't much thinking to it. It was just um, just a routine. But that one, you know, it was kind of the same nerves on the sideline, but I realized once I went out on the field, um, it wasn't like the muscle memory took over, and I was kind of thinking to myself, it was like, and don't miss this one. It's going to be hell for the next year. Because, um, you know, growing up in it, I remember throwing stuff in the living room in South Carolina would beat us, and my parents would get upset with me. And I'm telling them, you don't understand. School's going to be miserable this next week. <laughs> um, and so that kind of, you know, that was uh, the first one that the nerves kind of didn't didn't go off when I when I ran onto the field. And it wasn't as a, as a player. It was, I was thinking, as a fan there. Um, but yeah, I've really all of them. That was kind of the the only one because you know I've had I think I kicked in my career four field goals against South Carolina and it, it never missed against them. 
Um, we well, my freshman year was sixty three seventeen, and then it was the fight game, uh, which was twenty six to twenty nine to seven. Twenty nine to seven. So you know that one. I think the last I think kicked three or four field goals in that game, and then the following year was at thirteen to nine. My junior year. Yep. Um, two field goals and hit, and hit a long one there. Um, so, you know, I'd always done well against them. Um, but, you know, I guess there wasn't, there was never one of those kicks where someone had to tie it. Um, maybe they were earlier on in the game. And so that one was the first one that, um, you know, the, the fanness came out in me. I guess we have to, to sort of set the scene for that kick. We have to go back to early in that season. Uh, the second game against Boston College blocked extra point, I guess, in the second overtime. And then at Florida State, when Tommy, when it was such an adventure that at halftime he had his his uh, unforgettable uh, words yeah. to ESPN, I ain't kicking no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go back and just revisit your, your recollections from those two games. Yeah, I think was the Boston was that the second or third game of the season? Second game, yeah. Okay, um, you know we started my senior. We started well, um, and I'm coming off of the uh, the year before was like the runner up for the Lou Groza Award. Um, so you know my mind, I, my goal is all right. Let's let's win it this year. Um, but you know, extremely confident. And then so Boston College, it was the second overtime, and we had scored in the first. So we had the ball. Uh, they had the ball first. And in the first overtime, and they kicked a field goal. Um, so then I had to kick a field goal um, to tie it to send it to the second overtime. I think it was 35, 36-yard field goal. Um, <clears throat> made it go to the opposite side of the field. We score a touchdown. Uh, go to kick the extra point, and it's blocked. Then they scored a touchdown. Kick the, um, kick the extra point, win it. Um, go to Florida State the very next week. So it's the very next um, really kick as far as on the field action, and it's a uh, I think if the first I don't know if the first one was a was a field goal it was ran back for a touchdown, and the very next one was the uh, extra point they ran it yeah. back for two point conversion. So you know it's three kicks in a row um, that were blocked, and you know, Coach Bob did say that and hear that till later on. But you know I remember after the game, uh, I think I ended ended it and made it made the last two extra points. Um, so things were all right. And so, you know, he even told me, the coach in the locker room, he said, you know, came up to me, said, look, they're sitting on you. We're going to, we'll get it fixed. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get whoever we need to get in there. We'll get this fixed. Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, everything's uh, all right. Cause we ended up winning the, winning that far state game. And so I wake up Sunday morning um, to my mom calling me and she's just kind of in, in hysterics and angry. And I'm like, what? She's like, you hadn't, or, She's like, you hadn't seen the paper? I'm like, well, no, I, I don't get one here. We just woke up. <laughs> and uh, she said, she's like, well, Coach Bowden came out and said, you know, after looking at the, looking at the film and comparing it to last year, it's your, your get-off time, was his word, is, is too slow. So the block kicks, he, he's saying the block kicks are your fault. Um, and, you know, that, I felt like I was doing the exact same thing. I really think it, I think it was. Um, but you know, just kind of wrecks your confidence. So then they, we spend the, you know, all the next week in practice, it's you got to get it off quick, 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 quick. So, you know, it kind of wrecks your, and it goes a lot to your confidence. Um, 
I mean, just to kind of, then it was, you know, a bunch of media requests. And even on, in my mind, it's, you know, I start doubting myself. It's like, well, it, is it on me? Um, you know, you had to spend the kind of the rest of that year um, building the confidence back. And I what didn't, you know, feel as good as the, the year before, but I think, you know, going to the South Carolina game, I think it was, uh, I think it was like 15 of 18 on field goal. So, you know, I turned it around pretty well. Um, and then the South Carolina kick and then the bowl game, I think it was um, two of them. So, yeah, I missed the last, the last three kicks that I had um, in the Clemson uni- uniform. And even in my mind, I almost forget the Kentucky Music City Bowl because uh, the big one was the South Carolina one. Um, but, yeah, it was a – Kind of a crappy way to crappy way to end it, and for for a long time, I let that um, you know the way it ended kind of define my whole career and in my mind. So it wasn't for years later where I could kind of look at the look at the big picture and see you know you did a lot did a lot of good things there. Um, yeah, it didn't end the way that I would have would have liked, but um, I know I let that that define how I viewed my career. It's wild how I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days, how fans, I mean, fans are generally brutal to anybody who screws up in a big situation, but it seems like they reserve a special type of brutality for a kicker. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking back to some of the skill guys who have, you know, screwed up in big moments like Aaron Kelly yeah. against Boston College in oh what was that uh, oh seven uh, yeah, dropping the ball. I mean, of course, people still remember him for that, but it's not like oh, like enemy of the state. You know, like never come back or anything like. Not that that was what people how people viewed you or anything. But I'm just saying, like you know, Antonio Williams drops the punt uh, return against South Carolina last year. Phil Moffa fumbles <clears throat> against South Carolina last year. I think people certainly aren't happy about that, but it's not like that's how their career yeah. is going to be branded. Whereas, yeah. man, you missed that kick, and that's how you're branded. Is that – why is that? And um, is it just maybe the root of it, just a lack of – just the, like what we were talking about earlier with you don't even have college coaches who know much about kicking. There's just such a, 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 a gap there. <laughs> between most football loving folks and playing folks and coaching folks and, and the special teams guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of a, a number of things. Usually it's, you know, the kicks like that are usually one of the final plays. So that's kind of what stands out. But I think more than anything, it's, um, you know, kicking at a high level, like, you know, especially watching it now on, on Saturdays and Sundays, they, you know, make it look easy. Um, and, and everybody assumes that, that they can do it. And they think, oh, this guy has one job. It's not like they have to do, um, you know, anything different. It, it's the same thing over and over. Um, and assume as well, if I got, if I practiced every day, I could, you know, I could make that kick. Um, so I think that's a lot of it is if, you know, the kicker's usually the smallest guy on the team. It's something that uh, everybody's kind of messed around, kicking field goals in the backyard, uh, Stuff like that. So I think everybody they, they don't understand how hard it truly is. Um, one, it's usually kind of the last play. But you know, it's good. The flip side of that is when you make a kick that you know you might have might not have been in there all game. Um, 
done anything. You make a kick at the last at the last minute, and oh, you know, the kicker hit the game winner. Um, so, yeah, on the flip side of that, if you're willing to accept that praise, you've got to be willing to. Well, if you miss it, they're going to say you lost the game, even though you hadn't done anything all game. Um, so that, that's kind of the bitter pill to swallow with that. The, um, it's good and bad. It can be the hero or the goat. There's really no in between. And you said your confidence was kind of shot after Bowden went public with, yeah, his get off time's not quick enough. How did that manifest itself? Are you standing there on the sideline from that point forward instead of being like, all right, I'm ready to, you know, put me out there, you know, I'm ready to kick, you know, or are you more like, gosh, I hope we just score a touchdown here so I don't have to go out there? Did you did you deal with that? Yeah, um, definitely. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, and not that I didn't want us to score a touchdown throughout my career, but I kind of had the mentality was, all right, I want the ball. Um Put it on me. So once we got inside the 50, I mean, if I'm being honest, it was, I was hoping the drive was going to stall out so I could kick field goal. Um, you know, I felt in every game I went in, whether we were playing Furman or um, Florida State or Miami, I went in hoping it was going to come down to a game winner uh, and expecting it to. Just because that's, you know, if it if it happened, I didn't want to be like, oh crap, here, here it is. And, you know, I had to prepare. So in my mind, I was preparing for a, um, for a last second kick, no matter who we played and wanted it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, after kind of, especially once everything kind of went under the microscope and, um, you know, whether it be publicly and kind of the, some of the, you you hear some of the fan comments um, and everything like that. And let, I, honestly, I didn't do a good job of blocking it out like I should. Um, but yeah, so, and it, so it kind of got some midway through the year um, where it was, all right, let's score a touchdown here and, and kick an extra point so I don't have to kick a field goal. It, you know, that's – and it seems like a kind of a little subtle in your head, like mindset change. But, um, you know, when you're going out there to not to miss rather than, um, you know, to hit a good ball and in your mind you've already made it, uh, it's, it makes a huge difference. It's kind of – you know, it's a lot like golf. Um, you know, that's about the most athletic thing I get to do now is if you're standing on a tee box and, you know, you're worried about OB right or water left, um, telling yourself, all right, don't screw it up. Well, that's probably what you're going to do uh, rather than just kind of going out there with a the confident swing. And so that's kind of how it got um, that year. It was, I was going out there, all right, don't mess this up. Um, you know, that's what, and it was not that Bowden, I don't want to say throw him under the bus or anything like that, but, you know, his, his approach of, of handling things was especially publicly was a lot different than um, coach Sweeney. So I really appreciate the way coach Sweeney handles it. Um, you never see, you never see him down on a player publicly. He's going to build him up. Um, you know, I think even, you know, with, with gun struggles right now, um, you know, build him up publicly and even saying, you know, he's the most talented kicker I've that we've had come through the program. Um, and, you know, he's going to do great for us. So it's not that he's, you know, where he might be saying something different um, behind closed doors, but at least publicly, it's nice to know that uh, your coach has your back. So I always appreciated that from Coach Sweeney. Um, yeah, just for me mentally, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a turn. I went from um, I mean, really wanting the ball to just all right, let's just get an extra point and not screw it up. 
Sorry, when I laughed earlier about you saying you were hoping the drives would stall out, I could I laughed because I could hear I could hear Clemson fans making Rob Spence jokes already uh, about about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and you, you know we we a lot of them did stall out, so we uh, were able to kick a lot. I think my junior year, I kicked I think I kicked more field goals than I did extra points. Um, yeah, or right, maybe right about the the same thing. It, it meant it's and. Yeah, you know, mom always texts me now. I think she's the one of all like my uh, kicking career that bore the brunt of it. Um, mm-hmm. And as a parent now, I, I I get it with my little girl. Even when she played t-ball, you know, there's no outs and, and she's up to bat, and I'm sitting there biting my fingernails, nervous as can be. Um, so I can I can imagine, um, you know, the torture it put them through during the games. But she always texts me. She's like, "Why can't you go to Clemson now?" She said, "Yo, they, yeah, they win a lot more." She said, "But." no games come down to kicks. <laughs> um, you know, when, especially when we're blowing people out, it, it did seem like, I mean, for my sophomore and junior year, especially, um, that we were either going to overtime or it was a kick in the final few minutes to put us up or in every game, there was no blowouts. Um, everything was close. Yeah. When they, during the recent Florida state game, when whites came out there multiple times, they keep, zooming in on the box where his family is and his oh man his mom is just bawling you know yeah um <laughs> just the nervousness and the tension is just you just don't you just don't want to trade places with them at that moment i i can't imagine that's what you know, my mom called me after the game and she was like oh she said i'm so glad that you know they never put the camera on me um she said while you were kicking and there's pictures that we have that um, my parents' house from the games, and it was, it was taken from the opponent's sideline. We're kicking towards the hill uh, with the good camera. You can kind of zoom in, or even in the you can see in the parents' section. And I don't, I don't know if she ever watched a single one of my kicks uh, in my career. Every, at least every picture we have, you see her, her head is like mm. uh, her hands are like over her head, and her head's down. Uh, and she still says she never saw a single one of them. She was just kind of listening for the, listening for the crowd to see if I made or missed it. So yeah, she she was feeling for um, for White's mom. Upstate folks, and particularly Clemson area folks, there's a great tradition that's been going on recently in Westminster. The Music on Main Free Music Festival in downtown Westminster. I can vouch for it, having played there and also attended on several occasions. It's put on by the Westminster Music Center, a nonprofit organization with the mission of promoting the joy of live music in the community. Saturday, October 21st, will feature two bands, the Songs from the Road Touring Band and my band, Amongst the Trees, although I won't be there because I have to work. There's a football game that day. Classic car show starts at 3, concert starts at 5. More info, go to westminstermusiccenter.org. Upstate foodies, want to take a moment to talk to you about our favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. Five locations across the upstate. This award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. The chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative, and sometimes unexpected ingredients in their kitchens. Come see why Southern Living, Garden and & Gun, and Food & Wine Magazine are raving about Willie Taco and their signature offerings, such as their Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, Nashville Hot Chicken Tacos, literally flavors you will not find anywhere else, folks. And don't forget about the cocktails, super fresh margaritas, ice cold cerveza, and over 80 tequilas served up daily from behind the bar. So don't wait, folks. Your Willie Taco Familia is ready to serve you up their twist on funky, fresh fusion. It's the Willie way. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about 
founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. First reaction when you hear Dabo, you hear the news or read the news maybe, that Dabo is has gone and pulled a kicker off the beach in Charleston to not just come up and maybe uh, try out and maybe have a chance at kicking later in the season, but basically nope. hands him the starting job. He hasn't kicked a ball since April. He literally went out in his backyard, I guess, and kicked a few times after he got off the phone with Dabo on that Sunday morning. He is the starter and not just the starter, but the starter against Florida State. And then, oh, by the way, he has to fill fulfill NCAA acclimatization rules. And so he goes through his walkthrough on Friday in full pads while everybody else is in sweats. And then his first day that he is actually officially eligible for contact is game day. What is your What was your reaction to that whole surreal week where Dabo is basically like, this is either going to be great or it's going to be terrible. Yeah, like we said, our first, my first song is uh, kind of like we said yesterday, and you posted it on one of the posts. It, it sounded just like, I was like, this is Steve Spurrier saying this. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and you said it and you hit the nail on the head, and it's like, wow, that, that could be Steve Spurrier, especially when you typed it out and kind of um, and had it. But, you know, a lot of it, it was, you know, looking back, it's, I can't imagine because um, you know when, when your when your nerves kick in, you have the muscle memory uh, and the past experiences to kind of lean back on. Um, you know, and that's kind of where your confidence comes is from your preparation. I can't imagine um, him. You know, he was watching the game before um, there in a bar in Charleston. hadn't said he hadn't kicked since April. Went out to his backyard. <laughs> Um, that was on Sunday. And that next Saturday, he's got a 31-yard field goal that uh, to beat Florida State. Um, I I can't imagine the the level of stress there. And yeah, I've been in that situation, but you know, I, I had um, you know previous kicks. I had you know a, a live snap and hold, hundreds of them up until that point. Um, I, I I can't imagine it. And the situation leading up to the kick, uh, similar to to the situation in 06 against South Carolina when Clemson has a promising drive going. I guess I'll start with 06. You know, Reggie's ripping off carries of six and eight yards, and then all of a sudden things kind of pucker up a little bit, and they bring you on for the game-tying attempt, and then – in the case of recently against Florida State, it was it felt like 
they're moving the ball, and then once they got close, they kind of puckered up to try to run some clock and also try to maybe set up this this uh, storybook ending. I say maybe. I emphasize that because yeah. I don't know that. But yeah. did you see the similarities? And and now, granted, the the against Florida State, that would have been the go ahead, not the tying kick so there's a difference there but i'm just curious if you and by the way the same end zone the west end zone uh headed that way yeah um i mean definitely it's it's a little bit different you'd like to think um you'd be a little more aggressive especially if the if the field goal only ties um with that but yeah i mean it looked like we were kind of just running it down their throat and then and i guess with the with the turnover issues that we've had, um, realize our right, field goal attempts better than than turning it over here. Um, but yeah, it did seem like it was and it kind of in my mind. I'm thinking uh, I was didn't want it to come down to a kick for for his sake. Um, and I think he's starting. He's doing a great job, especially considering the situation. Um, but give him a couple weeks before we we put it on his foot and say, here, you know, the, the, to keep our ACC hopes alive, um, you need to make this. Uh, let's give him a couple weeks uh, for that. But, yeah, I mean, hindsight's always um, twenty twenty there. And so it would have been, you know, easier to say, hey, let's, let's not take our foot off the gas. And, um, you know, it's one thing if we still had BT on the sideline because, um, you know, it almost been a – been a guarantee so you can you can see getting a little conservative there but um but you know it's easy easy on that heck and in the in the heat of the moment i'm hard at the tv what are you doing (laughs) um you know so i can see how how the fans are but you know i I was just haven't been there and i was hoping it wasn't going to come down to um to that Uh, all right in the 10 minutes or whatever, eight minutes leading up to your kick in 06 against South Carolina, obviously indelible memories. Um, are they sounds that you remember? Are they snapshots that you remember? What, how, what form do your recollections take of that final sequence before and immediately after? What is it just, what is that like in your mind? What do you, what do you recall? What have you recalled first and most prominently, just in terms of what it felt like, what it looked like, um, uh, I guess, 17 years ago. Yeah, it, um, when I kind of look back on it now, I mean, it's almost pictures in my head. Um, and obviously kind of the feeling that I, um, you know, kind of felt at that moment um, when, I, when I look back. You know, I don't remember a whole lot from really up until the kick. Like, I, yeah, I know it was senior day. Um, so we got to run down the hill. Um, your parents were down there. If I'm being, I don't remember. We have the picture from it, but I don't remember that at all. Um, and usually remember, you know, most details and almost every kick in my career, even 20 years later, I can tell you, you know, how I hit it, what kind of the ball did. Don't remember a whole lot really from that game. Um, you know, kind of up until the, the drive that Reggie was going down. And I specifically remember, um, them, them chanting Reggie, uh, this, the whole crowd just chanting Reggie, um, and then taking the sack, um, with that. And then kind of, it was, you know, they called timeout. And like I said, there kind of hit me. It's like the, the nerves for the first time, um, were there as a fan. Um, 
And then, you know, after it meant, felt like I hit a good ball, went a little bit to the left. Uh, I think it missed by a couple feet. And so I kind of, that pictures in my head of it kind of where it, the first 15 yards, it can good going to get away. Um, and then just kind of drifting a little bit to the left. So kind of that picture in my head. And then I don't even know if it was, they took a knee after that, if time ran out. Um, and it's kind of going back to the locker room. I know, but I mean, it was some of the fans that were kind of waiting there. Um, you know, were some they were saying some choice words. Can't really say on a family friendly podcast, but yeah, you I, can. I, I remember yeah, you it. can. <laughs> well, it, it's you know you're hearing go to go to hell, Dean. It's you know you you effing suck. You ruin the season again. Um, you're just hearing all this. Um, you know, trying not to, trying to block it out and, you know, but kind of running, running in there as quick as I can. But one thing I, I laugh about it now, um, heck, I think I probably even laughed then, is this, this little old lady, um, just two, she's got birdies flipped at me, <laughs> oh, um, you know, F you Dean leaning over the railing and, you know, she's six feet, six, seven feet up in the air. So I'm just trying to get to the locker room and Philip Merling's right there, um, beside me. And, you know, he's, six seven three hundred pounds he was a freshman then um next thing i know he's trying to jump up in the stands after him. um <laughs> one of the security guards had to grab him grab him and pull him down but <laughs> after the miss that's really the first thing that um that kind of stands out in my head is, is all right well my teammates still have my back um, so he was, he was willing to go after a, after a grandma for me. So uh, <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't talked to him since then, but I want to let him know that I always appreciated that. I'm glad that wall was that high because that would not have yeah, been a uh, pretty scene for for her sake. Yeah. What um, um, what did it help at all that some of the fan that, that the fans' rage was divided and that people were pissed that they took Reggie out of the game, almost probably equally pissed about that yeah. as they were about the missed field goal. Um, you know, it, in my mind, no, because yeah. all I saw was kind of, kind of everything. Um, you know, while I, yeah, I do think we kept him in, we probably would scored a, scored a touchdown. I, I still, you know, have to do my job. It was just to make that kick. Um, so, you know, and so it probably didn't, um, you know, now when people look back a little bit more, that is kind of one of the first things they remember it. They say, you know, it should have never come down to the kick, but you know, I still missed it. So it doesn't help. Uh, at least there, I feel like I don't want to feel like I'm making an excuse. Um, you know, we're going with that. All right. The next, the, the, the subsequent years after that, what is it like in your mind as you're sitting there watching Clemson football and trying to move past this, trying to grapple with this, trying to figure out how to move on with life uh, after this happens. Yeah. I mean, it, looking back now and it's, you know, it probably sounds crazy. People are like, well, it's just, it's just a game. Um, but to me, up to that point, that was, you know, football is my identity. Um, you know, as I, in my mind, it was our Clemson and the NFL. That was, that was the core of who I was. Um, and seeing now it's not the, it's, it's not where you want to put your identity. Um, somebody that comes crashing down, but yeah, I mean, I was really, um, 
in a better term, broken and lost because, you know, anytime you would hear, um, especially the first couple of years after that, if anybody would mention my name, it was, uh, oh, the, the one that missed that kick against South Carolina. Um, Facebook had just gotten gotten big then, so um, somehow my cell phone number got out, so I probably had a thousand voicemails of the that Beyonce song, To the Left, To the Left. Mm. Um yeah, hated that song for years. Gamecock fans, now. Um, I guess, main, mainly Gamecock yeah, fans. Yeah, the, the Gamecock fans, you know, kind of seeing the Gamecock fans were the ones that loved me, and the, the voicemails from the Clemson fans were um, were the more hateful ones. I heard you tried to kill yourself, but you couldn't kick the chair out from underneath you to hang yourself. No, the Clemson ones were a little more mean. The South Carolina fans, we love you, you're our favorite player. Um, so, Dude, what yeah, is wrong I, with people? What is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's that was really the only way uh, I had to kind of deactivate my um, Facebook for a while. So, you know, it wasn't Twitter. There wasn't all that. Um, then I, I can't imagine going through it now. And you really would have to um, completely stay off it. But it is, it's hard not to. Uh, I can't imagine in today's social media era trying to um, trying to deal with that, the good and the bad. Because, you know, obviously when things are good, you want to – you want to read it and see uh, see how people are loving on you and what they're saying. Um, but the flip side of that too is you know something goes wrong and they're all over you. Yeah, back then as a player, you would have to go to sit at a computer, log mm-hmm. on to Tiger Illustrated, pull up the message board, and check it out. Whereas now, man, that thing's in your pocket. And it's all over. Uh, You have access to everything that everyone is saying about you. And so I can't imagine what that does to. Yeah. I I don't think the brains of of college kids are why or equipped for that yet. No, mine definitely wasn't. Um, Because, you know, I mean, you're looking back now, I wouldn't have said I was immature. Um, But, yeah, you as a 19 to 22 year old kid, um, you know, you loved hearing the, um, the great things about you. And for the first three years, it, you know, it was great to get on there and read the stuff. Um, but you know, I kind of built up those habits, um, of getting it, of getting on there. And so I still did, but yeah, I can't imagine. And now you can get notifications on your phone. You've got, you know, every, every heck and even more than we had on the computer, um, back then. Now you've got everything on your phone. You can't get away from it. You're able to look back and laugh about it now, talk about it now. When did, how long did it take you to get to the point where you could do those things about that kick? Um, I don't know an exact time frame uh, of when it was um, around then, but you know, it was definitely years down the road um, to where I could really, you know, watch the Clemson games and not have it you know, be the thing that, uh, pops up in my head, not to kind of have those, um, those bad memories, but yeah, I mean, it definitely took us, I mean, a few years, maybe even longer than that, um, three to five year range, um, before I could truly, um, enjoy watching the Clemson game. Wow. And it's just a case of just, just time. That's the best explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, obviously with time, you know, I'm able to see the big picture. And like I said earlier, it was, um, you know, really for years it was, 
you know, I, I viewed myself um, just kind of based on those um, that kit and kind of how the how the season ended, um, and didn't see the you know the picture as a whole. Um, but yeah, and as I was able to kind of you know get further away from it, I, I was able to to see the good as well as the bad, um, and kind of weigh everything together. And so it wasn't didn't feel like such a complete failure. Um, you know, when, when I look back at my my time at Clemson, I was able to see there was a heck of a lot more positives than there were negatives. And. After all this talk about the wickedness and the nastiness of fans, you are a TigerIllustrated.com junkie. Yeah. You refresh, you said, how, how often a, a day? Uh, I'm checking it every 10, 15 minutes, especially <laughs> during the, the height of recruiting period. Um, man, I'm on, it all, I'm on it all the time. And you know, we love the Monday Morning Insiders. Um, with it, yeah, kind of seeing, all right, well, Talking with my buddies and saying, "All right, well, it's, is Antonio Williams going to play this week? Is is Wiggins all right? Has there been an update?" Um, so you know, checking it all the time for those for those type things. And um, we got into it a little more yesterday about you know I do start the games off reading the in-game threads. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, I, I start off with it, I've kind of the ESPN app open to look at the stats and. Um, stuff of the game and in other games, but now I kind of have the, the end game thread. And usually after the first couple drives, um, when I'm about ready to jump off a cliff with the rest of them in there, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to close this out. We, we can, we can read it back at the, but I get it. My initial reaction for a lot of things. And I, it's, heck, it, you know, two drives into the game and I'm thinking I'm texting, uh, you know, Kyle Tucker, he, I text him constantly throughout the games and, He's uh he's always he sees the glass half full and during the games I see it happy I see it hole in the bottom and it's completely empty so I'm texting after the first drive it's like oh we're about to, we're about to get smoked here game over uh, you know I don't post it on the right. on the message boards but I guess I can't say I get I I relate to a lot of those um those page niners oh gosh we gotta yeah we gotta. <laughs> And yesterday I shared that story of Hunter Renfro and, and during the 2017 season asking me, hey, you, you're, you're with Tiger Illustrated, right? I said, yeah. Okay, yeah. Man, me and Will Sweeney had a lot of fun after last year's, after we won the championship in Tampa the next day or whenever, they went back into the in-game thread. Uh, I guess when Clemson's down 14 to nothing and people are just flipping the heck out and – uh He's like, yeah, we from now on, from from that point on, we call those types of people page niners. So <laughs> that, that that point of the thread when people were just like becoming totally unhinged during the national well, championship game, by the way. <laughs> well, I would be there too um, if I actually posted. If, if you could read some of the texts that I send, Kyle um, <laughs> has to talk me off the deep end a lot of times, um, but it's. Uh, it's we're about to get smoked. Uh, game over. <laughs> you know, it's first quarter. Um, so I do try to, you know, I, and I, one thing that I, because of what I went through is, um, you know, even in in those texts, I, I'm hesitant to to bash the players. Um, yeah, because you know I get it. No, nobody there's there's nobody that wants to succeed more than the. Uh, than that individual player. I know the work that they put in. Um, 
you know, I know the uh, stress and the pressure that's on them. Um, so I am, I am hesitant to, um, you know, a lot of them, it was, you know, especially with everything kind of that happened last year, I, I felt for DJ. Um, cause you know, I knew it and I was, I think I was the last one on that before people and everybody was jumping off. I was the last one on the bandwagon mm. wait, waiting on him to, to turn it around. Um, but you know, cause it was, I've been there. I understand. Um, especially he went, you know, from kind of where it was after the, was the Notre Dame and the Boston college the year before where he lit it up. Um, so, you know, all the praise on him to, um, it turned around quickly. So, yeah, yeah, it, it did not post my thoughts publicly. It did not take long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game of the 21 season for everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people to go from, oh man, DJ, best player on the team, Heisman candidate, Mr. Bojangles, whatever, to then uh, halftime of the Georgia game, the first 30 minutes of the season, big stinko and all that. Uh, pretty, pretty brutal. I, I'm surprised. I, I think most people would be surprised given that what you went through and the ridicule that you absorbed, most people would think you'd be the farthest possible away from a message board and particularly an in-game thread. And so that's fascinating that you're like right in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help it. It's, you know, an addict's always, always coming back. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll usually read them at the, at the end, especially after the wins. It's great to kind of go through and see the, uh, the momentum shift and you can, you can kind of see exactly what's going on just by the, um, by the overall outlook there, there in it. But yeah, I, I probably should um, stay away. And it, I guess that was, it was years before I could even consider doing that and laugh at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it because, you know, I, it's good to see other, other people that are kind of have the same um, roller coaster Saturdays that I do. And then carrying it a step further, every fan base that, you know, of, of a, big time school is the same way it has the same fringe oh, yeah. element like the twitter feed uh message board geniuses Yo, <laughs> it's I love just it. a riot yeah. yeah i love it uh, it's the same <laughs> yeah. stuff it's the same exact stuff yeah. across the country my um my sister she went to, she's an orthodontist and she went to dental school um at alabama and then um did a residency down there so her husband she met him in dental school and so he's um uh, He's a team dentist there for Alabama. Huge. I mean, he's a he's a diehard um, Alabama fan. Uh, went there, like, grew up in Tuscaloosa, and I I call all the Alabama fans. I call them Gumps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm in I'm in a you know couple group chats with him and some of his friends that I've got to um, got to know over the years, and they're all Alabama fans. And, and I, honestly, I enjoy watching Alabama games more than Clemson because. I just enjoy a good game, and I get to see them melt down after after a three and out. Um, the South Florida game was oh my gosh! Um, uh, it, I, I need to frame that um, that group chat. It was like <laughs> it was great. Uh, anytime I'm feeling down, I just go back and uh, I can read that and seeing seeing their meltdown. Um, we're actually so I, you know I enjoy watching. We're going down to Tuscaloosa this weekend for the Arkansas game. Um, and it's not that I enjoy other teams more, but I can enjoy the football more for a team that I'm not emotionally invested in. Yeah. Um, 
don't have to worry about my blood pressure. It was my, my wife always gets on to me um, saying you're letting teenage boys determine your <laughs> your mood for the week. Um, you're gonna let them ruin your weekend. And I'm like, I know that's that's a, that is a problem. <laughs> so it was the LSU national championship game, and I think she was about to kick me out of the house because um, she I think she was even trying to to go to bed. It was a, it was a Monday night and. The, um, it was Mary Allen. Our second one wasn't here yet, so we just had one. She was trying to get her to bed, um, and so then it was right, right before halftime, and she comes, almost sits me down. She said, "We need to talk." Um, and it's basically, you can't let this game give, give me a speech. And I'm sure a lot of the Tiger Illustrated um, subscribers <laughs> probably hear from their <laughs> wife as well. And so oh, I'm yes. sitting there, I'm like, "You're right, you're right." I was like, it, "This affects me too much. I'm gonna do a better job. I can't let a game." Um, played by teenagers have a, such an impact on me. And right about that time, Trevor threw an interception and I took my hat off and slammed it up against the TV, started saying, you know, curse words. And she, she's just walked out. So that's, that was the last time she tried to have that conversation with me. Chad, I can't um, tell you how many times over the years I've met a fellows or a subscriber who's been with his wife and he's introduced his wife to me. And the look from each wife is the exact same to me. It's like, oh, it's like I'm a drug dealer. Yeah, you're the, you're the drug dealer feeding that addiction. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's like a roll of the eyes combined with, oh, you're the reason my, my husband is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told my wife that you had asked me to be on the podcast, um, and it was almost kind of the the same thing she's like oh that, that she's like so he's the reason that you spend so much time reading that and i was like well that's not really his fault <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah so she would definitely give you that reaction she would probably think you're my drug dealer well please don't tell her that you had to do another hour plus interview with me uh, uh today just just let, let's let's just let's, let's let her think it's just one hour. Um, but I, I always, yeah, I mean, it's we'll like, you know, I, we were like, what is, what is wrong with these people? You know, this and that people are crazy. And, but if it, if, if we're, if it were a rational pursuit, it would be intramurals. It wouldn't be big, yeah. right? There's no, you can't have, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. have to have one thing comes with the other. And so it's almost like a, I often equate my job to being a bartender, you know, like, sort of referee in the message board and communicate with everybody. It's like you have your big main, you know, stretch of bar where that's most of your normal people who don't really talk a whole lot. And they're just there to have a beer, have a good time. And then you got your, your one end of the bar is your crazies on one, you know, and you're having to act differently towards them. And then your crazies on the other. And so those are the ones who, are the vocal, those are the ones who post all the time. Right. And so, and they're always fighting with each other. And so, um, it's, it's fascinating and I'm just, uh, I'm thankful to have made a living at it and that people actually, uh, pay me to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Tiger Rose were to go away, I, that would free up a lot of my time that I don't know what I would do with. Um, so I appreciate it. Y'all, y'all you know, it keeps the days interesting and, I don't post that. I think, I think my buddy has posted a couple of times under my name and I think it was like 2009, 2010 when I joined, um, maybe posted three times in the, uh, 13 years. So I'm a, you know, like lurking. lurking all the time, hardly, hardly post. Um, 
that doesn't mean I'm not as crazy as the ones that that are posting all the time. I just kind of keep my keep my thoughts to myself. Has talking about this publicly helped? Have been helpful to you? Yeah, I mean, even if, I think it's definitely been uh, cathartic for me. It's not something that hey, I get the opportunity to um, to sit down and kind of talk in an extended form about it. Hadn't been, hadn't gone to counseling or anything like that for it, so I've never really. Um, you know, had this kind of this long of a um, conversation. I mean, honestly, it helps me realize, like, you know, it's you you have grown um, a whole lot from it. Um, yeah, so I appreciate it. Yesterday, or yesterday was probably the first time that I've had kind of an extended, um, you know, talk about it with kind of the whole thing. It's kind of the career as a overview, really diving into kind of thoughts, feelings, and everything that went went on. Um, in 2006. Well, honored that you chose this platform to do it. And I kind of feel like given the past you know, 17 years of people have, you know, fans haven't viewing you one way. It's kind of a, I feel like it's a duty uh, on, on my part, on our part to, to share, to share your story and to bring more perspective and more layers of, of your, you know, you're a human <laughs> and uh, yeah. going through stuff just like everybody else does. So I think it, this will, certainly give people a better idea of who you are and uh just a better uh, more respect for for your for your story and your progression so i really appreciate you being with us yeah well thanks for having me and if nothing else i mean i don't care what people i'm kind of over it. even though i'll read it um stuff that they you know read about myself doesn't um get to me and i know yesterday we talked about it afterwards i'm sure the um some of the photo shoot, the uniform photo shoot pictures are gonna <laughs> uh, gonna pop back up, and I can laugh at it now. But if nothing else, it maybe it'll you know be a little bit. Some of the uh, ones maybe be a little little less hesitant to to throw a player under the bus and write them off so quick. Um, you know, some of our current players. Can you refresh so my good. memory on that photo shoot? I, I remember I have vague memories of it, but what was it? Was it entering the 05? season yeah it was before the 2005 season i think it was in january um and you know so nobody had seen the sun and we had gone from like the oregon was the first one to have those kind of really tight uniforms and so they asked um you know a few of us is kind of different numbers across the spectrum and you know i'm not i wasn't built like some of the uh, <laughs> some of the position players were i'm not i wasn't sitting there at two percent body fat and um you know all that my physique wasn't wasn't quite as good and i i looked before twilight but i could have starred in the twilight movie as, <laughs> as white as i was um so yeah the uniform pictures came out and people people went nuts with photo with uh <laughs> with the photoshop people so, still post those uh, randomly now i don't i don't yeah I, yeah i think it, 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 usually you'll see maybe once or once or twice a year um uh, one of them will pop back up and i'm sure this will this will <laughs> it's, it's, refresh quite a few of them it's but, coming you know, later there, today <laughs> yeah yeah there wasn't you know it wasn't all kind of social media stuff uh so it wasn't on that so it was just message boards and uh, i I think it was mostly South Carolina fans, but man, they, they had a field day with it. So. Well, Jad, thank you. I, I am, I have enormous gratitude for your patience. <laughs> if, 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 if this, uh, if this file gets corrupted, I'm just going to 
go for a swim in Hartwell and maybe tie a brick to my foot or something because I don't know I wouldn't know what else to do. But I think we're okay because I have I have a backup. All right. Well, perfect. Well, I'm glad to be able to help. Uh, hopefully, hopefully today this one was uh, just as good as yesterday. Okay, I am so thankful that this second one saw the light of day. Really grateful to Chad for his patience and time. Uh, man, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Appreciate the support of our sponsors for helping make this happen as usual and also as usual, last but not least, last but most. Thanks to every one of you for hitting that play button. Really appreciate it. Cheers.